steps, and steps over to Ron Lowe. Seven straight points by Iverson. Looked like he was dead in the water. Ball slips her by Phoenix. Jordan. Open. Chicago with the lead. If that's the last image of Michael Jordan, how magnificent the series. It's Lillard. He got the shot off. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the 3 and D. I'm Paul Lombardi, and I'd like to welcome everyone back to the Review and Preview Network for my weekly NBA and college basketball show. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Review and Preview Sports. In tonight's episode, I'll be bringing you some more new names that have entered the NBA draft, as we normally do, a few notable commitments that have happened this past week, including today, and I'm going to preview the 2021 NBA playoffs as the regular season came to an end yesterday, when as Review and Preview Zone, Tom Scavetta is going to jump on to help me go over the Eastern Conference in a little bit. Hope everybody's doing well, jam-packed with basketball. Um bunch of commitments going on a bunch of uh but nba playoffs are gearing up it's it's going to be fantastic i'm i'm hyped for it and uh it's it's good it's insane but this but this week um it's been a pretty kind of hectic week in the nba kevin garnett kobe bryant tim duncan ben wallace mike breen and a lot more were inducted into the basketball hall of fame this past weekend uh bunch of legends arguably possibly one of the uh, the best Hall of Fame classes we've ever seen. Garnett, Kobe, Duncan, Wallace. Like I, And I was really glad that Ben Wallace made it too. I was really glad about that because he deserves a four-time defensive player of the year. I always thought he was a Hall of Fame worthy player. Um, and it, it was good. And Kobe Bryant's too. Uh, you know, if anybody hasn't seen, you know, watched his wife Vanessa's speech on behalf of him for the Hall of Fame, you, you got to go check that out because that was that was great stuff. That was really great stuff. Michael Jordan uh, helped uh, honor him, who was his who was basically his idol uh, and, you know, kind of like mentored him early in early in his years in the NBA. So that, that was really cool to see, but you know, they, but uh, as well as those heartfelt things, we saw some crazy stuff happen too, as well in the NBA, Udonis Haslam got ejected in his only appearance of the season after getting two technical fouls and sticking a finger in uh, Dwight Howard's face, uh, kind of pointing at him, intimidating him. And he got, he got canned from the game the first time uh, Kwame Brown out of nowhere started bragging about his screen setting during Kobe's 81 point game. Um, it, that was, that was, that was interesting. That kind of took NBA Twitter by storm this morning. Uh, but on a serious note, Mike Breen though, one of the main reasons I've always dreamed of becoming a sports broadcaster, finally inducted into the hall of fame, the voice of the NBA. Uh, it was fantastic to see as a diehard New York Knicks fan. Um, I was thrilled by that everybody knows how great of a broadcaster mike brian is what he's done for the sports you know and basically I'd like to thank him for everything he's done for me and for the game and we love it um thomas Cavetta, paul there we go there we go uh so now we'll jump back into college basketball before we dive into the uh to our playoffs preview so first Big news that happened. Patrick Baldwin Jr. committed to Milwaukee. Now, that was an interesting one. That was a really interesting one. Uh, he committed to Milwaukee over Duke. He's the number four prospect in the ESPN 100. It's 2021 class, high school class right now. His father, Patrick Baldwin Sr., is the head coach of Milwaukee, of the Panthers, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. So 
he decided to choose familiarity over Duke, basically. And he's slated to become the first Milwaukee draft pick since Vaughn McDade in 1991, who was uh, a second round pick. The only, and he was the only guy from Milwaukee. There's a few others who got drafted. He was the only, McDade was the only one who ever played a game in the NBA. Uh, and he was a second round pick. So Baldwin slated to next year in the 2022 NBA draft, possibly be the first, first round pick. Yes. And the foul. Love that. Love that. And the foul. That's a great call. So Patrick, so Patrick Baldwin, he's going to to Milwaukee. Chose over Duke. It's very interesting. Um, he's supposed to, be, you know, supposed to be a lottery pick. That's going to make Horizon basketball uh, something interesting to watch next year. I'll tell you that. That's going to be uh, that's going to be really cool. And then jumping back in from after Patrick Baldwin, we had a few only only like five names entered the NBA draft uh, this week. We're starting to wind down. The deadline is May 30th uh, for, to declare for the NBA draft, but only five names really came uh, came about. Alperen Segun, who's a center from Turkey. He's ranked number 23 in my top 100 for this upcoming draft. Uh, he declared for the draft, so he's going. He's one of the top centers, uh, projected first-round pick. He's on. He's going to be heading into the draft as expected, Greg Brown, who we were kind of waiting on a uh, power forward from Texas this past year, freshman, he's ranked number 26 on my top 100. He had a bit of a down year. He was a top recruit for Texas for a uh, shock of smarts team this year, but he's going to declare for the draft. He's going to hire an agent. He's going to stay in him and Kai Jones. The two big men from Texas are both potential first round picks. So that's going to be interesting. Mac McClung. We knew that Mac McClung declared for the draft, but today he announced that he is foregoing his college eligibility and he's staying in this year's draft. He's not going to go back to Texas Tech. And I, yeah, I think that that's really interesting. I got him ranked 65 in my top 100. I really, I'm very interested to see how well he plays in the combine and how high his draft stock goes. He's going all in. I guess, I guess he really thinks that this is probably the best his best opportunity of getting drafted, like going back to Texas tech won't serve anything. And, you know, he had his best year this past year uh, in his junior season. So, you know, he might be right on that. He might be right. This might be his best chance of getting drafted. So might as well go all in Tavion Hollingsworth, who, you know, if you're a mid-major fan score from Western Kentucky, he is going to forego his last year of eligibility. He was a senior this year, played alongside Charles Bassey for the Hilltoppers. Uh, in Rick Stansberry's squad. He's ranked number 98 in my top 100. He's going to take the pro route. And another overseas player, Nikita Mikhailovsky, who I hope I I announced that right. Not really sure. He's a wing from Russia. He's declared for the draft too. I haven't seen him with much of a draft stock right now, but it's, you know that's, that's an interesting one to keep an eye on that could possibly uh, rise up some draft boards if if he starts playing well. So Patrick ball went to Milwaukee. Those five names have entered the NBA draft. And now the one transfer that really, well, today um, Wheeler from Georgia actually announced he's transferring to Kentucky, but Bryce Thompson announced he's transferring to Oklahoma state this past week. Uh, Bryce Thompson was a 2025 star recruit for Kansas. He was one of, uh, the t- he was in the top 25 of the ESPN 100, had a very, very down year for Kansas this past year uh, and decided that he's going to try to go play somewhere else. This is a huge pickup for the Cowboys because he's slated to potentially have a breakout sophomore season and he's going to take over in the backcourt for Kate Cunningham, which they, they need a point guard badly and Bryce Thompson could be the guy. You know, he was a five-star recruit this past year, just like Cunningham in the same class. So it'll be interesting to see. I think that could be a good get for the Cowboys and um, bringing him on. You never know. He did not do much for Kansas, lost a lot of time down the stretch. So be interesting to see. And another big time recruit for this year's high school class, Ty Ty Washington committed to Texas. Uh, he's the number 12 recruit in the ESPN top 100. Uh, he is joining Damian Collins as the two five stars who are going to be headed to Kentucky for their incoming freshman class this year. Ty uh, Ty was reopened his uh, decision-making and winded down to a few schools, but he 
he's going to head to Lexington and play for Kentucky. Kentucky's going to bounce back next year. I promise you that. Any Kentucky fans out there, they're going to have a good year next year. Uh, this year was a down year, but they they've refueled and they're they're looking good. They got some good transfers. They got Ty Ty Washington's going to be a good player, and I I'm excited to see what they're going to do. I really am. So he's going to join Damian Collins as the two five star recruits. There's also a couple four stars coming in for Kentucky. They got CJ Frederick from Iowa who's transferring. They got um. Davion Mintz potentially returning. Uh, they got most likely Isaiah Jackson will leave for the draft. Brand Boston will probably leave for the draft, but that's it. And then not counting college basketball, we got the big name, the biggest name to decide on the G League. Jaden Hardy chose the G League a couple of days ago. Uh, Hardy's the number two recruit in the 2021 high school class behind Chet Holmgren. He's the only only one behind Chet Holmgren. He has decided to skip college, and he's going to follow in Jalen Green and Jonathan Kuminga's footsteps and play in the G League next year. So, so now we got two top ten recruits for this upcoming from this upcoming high school graduating class. Uh, just like last year, we had two top tens in Green and Kuminga. This year, we got another two top tens who are going to go in the G League: Hardy and Michael Foster, who's number seven in the ESPN Top 100. Michael Foster a few weeks ago uh, announced he's going to skip college, go to the G League. So that's so now Hardy and Foster are going to lead the Ignite team next year as you know the main studs who are deciding to skip college and and head to the G League instead. So make, it's making it very interesting. Um, so now that obviously with it almost being June and uh, commitments having to be in relatively soon, we have basically all of the ESPN Top 100 for this upcoming freshman class uh, have announced where they're going. And so the top five is looking like Chet Holmgren is going to Gonzaga, who's number one. Number two is Hardy, who's going to the G League. Number three, Paolo Banchero, who de- declared to do, who's declared that he's going to Duke a long time ago. Uh, big man, potential. ES- ESPN's got him the number one overall pick ahead of Holmgren right now for the 2022 NBA draft. So, you know, if you want to look far ahead before we even get to this year's draft, uh, that's that's an early bold prediction. Prediction. Pat Baldwin, like we just said, who's the number four recruit, is going to Milwaukee, and Jabari Smith who is the number five recruit committed to Auburn a long time ago. So that's where it stands. Um, we got a lot of, we got basically all of the main commitments coming in. A lot of teams have refueled. A lot of teams are going to be good now. And it's going to be very interesting to see. So that's enough college basketball. There isn't too much college basketball going on. So we're going to switch gears and we're going to hop right into the 2021 NBA playoffs. And I'm going to bring on my friend Thomas Gavetta of Review and Preview to help us to help us go over the Eastern Conference. Tom, how are we doing? Paul, it is going great. You know, it's really excellent to see the Knicks back in the playoffs. I know it's been a long time. I know for you, it's probably been high. I know for me, it's been high school, senior year of high school. I don't know that would sophomore, sophomore. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a while. And the feeling in New York is great for a lot of Knicks fans. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it was yesterday was a happy day. We, even when we clinched the playoff spot, I wasn't as happy as I was yesterday when we clinched the four seed because I knew if we got the six and we matched up with Milwaukee in the first round, we most likely are not coming out of the first round. We, now that we have four and home court advantage against Atlanta, I truly think that we'll be playing in the second round. I, you know, I don't want to jump anything yet. Atlanta's a very good team and it's going to be tough, but we beat them three times during the regular season, either two or three times. We beat them every time we played them this year. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's going to be good. It's going to be a great series too. So it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, so that's, that's going to be interesting. So that, so we're going to, First off, before we jump into those series, we're going to go over the play-ins first. Uh, the play-ins are going to take place this week, and the first one will be number seven Boston versus number eight Washington, which is going to take place tomorrow night, Tuesday at nine o'clock. Um, the winner of this game gets the seven seed and will take on the Brooklyn Nets in the first round. Tom, what are your first thoughts on this matchup? 
Well, I really like the Wizards in this matchup because obviously the Celtics just lost Jalen Brown. They're banged up. They've been banged up all year. They've had, I mean, every team's had COVID issues, but this team has been extremely banged up, and I just don't see them beating the Wizards, a backcourt featuring Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. And the Wizards have been really hot in the second half of the season. So I think they're going to move on and advance to play the Brooklyn Nets as that seventh seed, which would obviously bring Boston down to um, the eight line where they'd have to play the winner of the uh, nine to 10 matchup to just even get in as the eight. So that's who I see winning tomorrow night. I have Washington in that one. I like that a lot. I got Washington too. You know, the Wizards, they finished 34 and 38. They end, but they ended the season winning their final 15 of 20. So they, that was huge. They barely, they barely snuck in. They were sitting on the 10 going into yesterday too. And they ended up sneaking all the way up to eight. And um, I think the Celtics are falling right now. 36 and 36. They finished the very disappointing year. They lost five of their last six, 10 this season. Kemba Walker still on minutes restrictions. Evan Fournier and Jason Tatum both did not play the finale. Jalen Brown had season ending surgery on his arm. Uh, I, I really, I think Wizards have the momentum. Obviously, Russell Westbrook averaged another triple-double this season, his fourth of his career. He now has the most triple-doubles in NBA history. So that's a, that's a huge X factor. And Bradley Beal was 0.7 points per game away from winning the scoring title. Steph Curry ended up winning at 32 points a game. He averaged 31.3. So, you know, that's that's not something you can't, you can't look over, and I really think that Washington's got the momentum, and they might get the seven seed. And you know what? I'm praying for that to happen too, because if we get a Wizards versus Nets first round, you know what that means? We get a Westbrook versus KD first round. So that's that's going to be a storyline like no other. So we got Andy Hopper, our boy Andy. What's up, fellas? How's it What's going, up, Andy? Yeah. So we. I really like Westbrook. Um, I really like a Westbrook and KD round uh, first round. That would be that would be sick. I don't I don't know how much the chance the Wizards would have uh, beating the Nets, but it's that's that's going to be that's going to be really cool to see. So now jumping into the next plan, we've got number nine Indiana, who had a down year this year. Obviously, they were supposed to be possibly even a top five team in the East projected by some going into the season finished under 500. They're taking on number 10, Charlotte who fell uh, did down towards the end of the season. They're playing tomorrow night, Tuesday at six 30. Uh, Indiana finished 34 and 38 in a disappointing year. Demonis Sabonis was their star average 20.3 points, 12 rebounds, 6.7 assists. He had an all around amazing year. Malcolm Brogdon led them in scoring 21.2 points. And then Charlotte was 33 and 39, but they ended the season though on a five-game losing streak. So they were 33 and 34 before that. So their their record could be a little bit misleading. Uh, Gordon Hayward's hurt. Lamelo Ball is finally back. Terry Rozier is their leading scorer. Uh, so they, this is going to be an interesting matchup. And Tom, what do, what do you think about this? Uh, well, the Pacers were obviously a playoff team last year, so they certainly have the edge, even though. They are dealing with some injuries. Obviously, you mentioned the Hornets don't have Gordon Hayward. I don't know who's going to be able to contain DeMontis Sabonis in the paint. I think that's the key to this game. And whoever's been plugged in the starting lineup this year for the Pacers, whether it's been you know guys like Doug McDermott, TJ McConnell, um, they still have that. Still have Justin Holiday too, I believe. So yeah, they have a plethora of players that you could just plug and play. Not to mention, I'm pretty sure Malcolm Brogdon has been, you know, a good force in the backcourt for them. So despite not having Levert, Oladipo's not there anymore. I have to give the advantage to them experience-wise. and I, I think they're going to come out of this and they're going to end up playing the Boston Celtics for the eighth seed. I like that a lot, too. I think the Indiana's going to end up winning it. Um, and I got them lining up against Boston. And inevitably, I think Indiana wins, too and picks off Boston and gets the eight seed. Uh, I'm going I'm going a little bold and going to say that. What do you think about an Indiana versus Boston fight for the eight seed? Well, not to sound a little repetitive, but I do agree with you. I don't think Boston's going to be able to fight them off. I think Indiana is going to advance and be the eighth seed. The Celtics, they're just 
dealing with too much against the wall right now. I wouldn't be surprised if they pull it off. Um, you know, they have a good young, talented team. Jason Tatum, though, is pretty much the one guy you have to single out after him. You know, you're pretty much set. I know Boston, they traded away a couple of pieces this year during the season. They have a young bench, guys like Grant Williams, Ojale, Peyton Pritchard. And I just don't know if they're going to be able to compete with the Pacers. A front court, again, Sabonis and Turner is going to be very tough to stop for either of these two uh, Hornets or Celtics teams. So I think the Pacers will be back in the playoffs officially as the eighth seed taking on Philadelphia. Yeah, I think so too. I completely agree with that. If there's one team that's going to win two games and make it, I think it's going to be Indiana. Considering comparing even with the Western Conference's matchups too, um, I think it's going to be interesting in Indiana versus Boston. Uh, battle for the eighth seed, if that's the case. Uh, Boston, I just think Boston's on a downslope right now. So mm-hmm. I really, I have a tough time. You know, it's and it's not my Knicks bias either. I promise you that. You know, I I do hate the Celtics, but I really, yeah. you know, watching them yesterday against the Knicks too. Um, they obviously they didn't have Tatum or Fournier, and Jalen Brown can't play. He's done for the season. Kemba Walker was is on minutes restrictions right now. Uh, I don't know if Tatum and Fournier are going to be ready for the game. I haven't heard anything yet about tomorrow uh they might be they might have just been sitting out uh last night's game just for the finale but i i'm not i'm just not sold on boston they had such a disappointing year and ended the season so poorly that like that i can see them losing twice and getting themselves kicked out so my my ultimate uh prediction is that boston charlotte go home and brooklyn plays number seven Washington Philly plays number eight Indiana so jumping from the play into the set first round for to the two set first round matchup matchups in the east we're going to jump into the main one that everybody wants to hear first the New York Knicks versus the Atlanta Hawks four versus five this is going to be sick this is the Knicks first playoff since 2013 and the Hawks' first playoffs since 2017, the two longest droughts in the entire playoffs this season, besides the Suns. The Suns have been – this is their first playoffs since 2010. But it's, these are the, t- the two longest droughts in the East. Um, we all know everything about the Knicks. So I've gone over them so many times as a diehard fan uh, in this show. And Julius Randle is going to be an all-NBA player, 24.1 points, 10.2 rebounds, 6 assists. Led the, the team in points, rebounds, and assists. R.J. Barrett had a tremendous sophomore season, averaging 70, 17.6 points, 5.8 rebounds. All of his shooting numbers were up to three-point percentage, field goal percentage, and free throw percentage. He's improved in everything, and he's lining himself up to have a breakout, borderline all-star third year, I think. RJ and Nerlens Noel is the one is one outlier that I really think um the that people like really don't don't remember you know I and probably don't look at the he averaged 2.2 blocks a game this year which I believe was third in the league per game and 1.1 steals and came off the bench for most of the season he became a starter after Mitch got hurt but he he has been watching him every every night. He is he's a dog on defense, and he um is he's an X factor, and he can match up with Nerlens Noel with uh Clint Capella big time. Capella's got the size on him though, because because Noel's a bit thin. But um, you know, I think I think it'll be interesting. We got Derrick Rose had a semi resurrection. That's fantastic point because that's exactly it. We. We would not be in the four seed if it wasn't for Derrick Rose. That trade ended up being huge for us. Uh, Rose, he's going to end up. I think he's going to end up starting in the playoffs. Uh, I don't know about you, Tom, but I think Alfred Payton has basically wore out his his Knicks uh, welcome. He, yeah. I, I think Thibodeau is going to go with the hot hand. He loves Derrick Rose. He trusts Derrick Rose. Most importantly, when Thibodeau trusts somebody, you're you're going to play a lot. He and. He's he's very loyal to the players that he trusts, and he trusts Derrick Rose. Um, I think Rose is going to start. I think Alec Burks is going to see a lot of time at point guard. So, what do you think about the Knicks matchup? So, I think this is um, a better matchup. Like you mentioned, they would have had to have gone up against the Bucks, which I don't think would have been as favorable for them. Now, R.J. Barrett, obviously, you mentioned tremendous. Actually, he played in every game this year. He played all seventy-two games. 
Um, and I think MSG is up to 5,700 for the playoffs. So yeah, that'll be interesting if that home crowd factor, as they are the four seed, the Knicks are also on a roll. They've won 16 of their last 20. Um, Julius Randle has dominated the Hawks this year when they've played. They've played three games. They won all three. But we do have to keep in mind that two of those three games against the Hawks were when Lloyd Pierce was still the head coach, not Nate McMillan. Um, believe me, as a you know native New Yorker, I want to see the Knicks win this series. I really want to see the Knicks win the series. However, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, the Hawks have a really young lineup with Trey Young, Kevin Herter, John Collins, and Clint Capella that I think is a little more developed than what the Knicks have currently. You mentioned, Paul, there's still questions about who should be playing point guard for this series, whether it's Rose, whether it's Peyton. Um, they have a sharpshooter in Bogdan Bogdanovich, and they added Lou Williams, who's an elite scorer off the bench, and not to mention the Hawks have ended the season on a four-game winning streak. While I do think this is going to be a tough series, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to put it in Atlanta's favor. Uh, but this series can go either way. And, of course, I'll be rooting for the Knicks. I just I think Atlanta is more ready to move on based off this matchup. I respect it. I think that I, it's going to be one of those series that you can really go either way. You know, I saw the early betting favorites is Atlanta right now uh, for to win the series. It's But it's very neck and neck. It's very close. Yeah. And these are two teams that – haven't been in the playoffs in a few years. They have completely new teams from the last time they were in the playoffs. There is no, there is no current Knicks that have that were in the playoffs back in 2013. And the Hawks, I, I don't even think that I don't think that they have a single player from their 2017 2017 team on their roster. If they do, then I might be forgetting somebody. Um, I John Collins wasn't on the team back then. He might be the only one, but these are two brand new teams. They're young. They're good. Uh, the Hawks have played great this year, and the Nate McMillan factor uh, is is huge. And I think that that's that's a good point that you made. Um, he's completely turned that team around. And I'll tell you what: the Pacers should not have fired him. The Pacers, no. the Pacers are punching the air right now after after they after they decided to fire him because they had such a bad year this year, and you know they wanted to blame all their troubles on him. Nate McMillan's a good coach; he's always been a good coach. If you watch, you know, watched him in the trail in Portland, um, everywhere he's gone, he's just done well, and he has completely flipped that team around and has gotten all of their the usage out of it, all of their players and has really turned them into a threat. So I think it's going to be interesting. And, you know, I I can't wait. It's coming up this weekend. It's going to be that series. And now we're going to jump into your favorite team, <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks. We got the number three Milwaukee versus number six Miami, which was which will be the last matchup in the East. Uh, very interesting matchup. The Bucks are 46 and 26. The Heat are coming off, obviously, their Eastern Conference title last year in the bubble. They were 40 and 32 this year. A little bit of a down year. They got off to kind of a bad start. Jimmy Butler was hurt for a little bit, but ended up winning the Steals title this year, uh, averaging 2.1 steals a game, and along with 21.5 points, 7.1 assists. And Bam Adebayo had another great season, averaging 19-9. and uh, Tyler Hero had a solid sophomore year that had some ups and downs, but he ended up averaging 15-5, and which was decent. Giannis, you know, if, if it wasn't for voter fatigue, he might be MVP for a third straight year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's put up ridiculous numbers, arguably even better than his, his previous two years of winning MVP, you know, averaging 28 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. Ridiculous. I mean, Nikola Jokic, I think, has it pretty much wrapped up. But uh, Giannis... You really should get more recognition. And in Milwaukee's been great. Drew Holiday was an amazing addition. Chris Middleton had another great season, averaging 20-plus points a game. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, Milwaukee has the best offensive team in the NBA, statistically-wise, right? They average yeah. over 120 points a game, and seven players on their roster average 10 or more points per game. So the thing I really like about Milwaukee is that um, you know, they're hot right now. They've won eight out of their last 10. I know you really can't even count last night because they sat all five of their starters against the Bulls. They were pretty much resting their starters for the playoffs. They're not going to risk any injury things in 
I, I hate to use the term meaningless game, but a game that doesn't really affect your future or playoff seeding. You don't want to risk that because the championship is, especially if it's a road game. Now, this is the one team you didn't want to see if you're the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. This is the one team you didn't want to see. Milwaukee was eliminated last year by the Heat in the conference semis in five games. Now, this year, fast-forwarding to this year, they played the Heat three times. They won two of those matchups. However, Jimmy Butler didn't play in any three of those games. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, I like the way we stack up against Brooklyn. I love the way we stack up against Philly. I do not like the way we stack up against Miami, though. However, they're not as good as they were last year. They lost some key pieces to their bench. Uh, but so did Bro- uh, so did so did Brooklyn. So did Milwaukee. Milwaukee lost a plethora of guys. We traded away DJ Augustine, which I was not the biggest fan of. We also traded away DJ Wilson, who was finally starting to get minutes for us, and then Tory Craig as well. Who, if you're going to sign him and you're not going to use him in the rotation, well, that signing didn't make much sense unless there's something behind closed doors we don't know about. Paul, in this series, it's going to come down to a couple of veterans that we're both very familiar with, P.J. Tucker and Jeff Teague. Because right now, the issue with Milwaukee, it's not the first six or seven players, it's their bench. You mentioned Drew Holiday's an outstanding upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. I love that. DiVincenzo's an upgrade over Wesley Matthews any day of the week. He's starting to emerge as a legitimate uh, two, two guard in the NBA. And then, as you mentioned, Middleton, Giannis, and then Brooke Lopez, who continues to be an excellent conditioning. The guy seems to never get hurt. And then uh, my guy, plain Pat, off the bench, along with Bobby Portis. Um, I really like what the Bucks have. Tyler Hero put on a show last year in the playoffs. I'm worried about that. I think the Bucks this series may go down to seven games. I am going to have Milwaukee slipping through to the second round, uh, only because Miami's been dealing with you know, issues with Jimmy Butler throughout the course of the season. They've lost a couple of key players on their bench, uh, including Kelly Olynyk, who was traded away. So I just don't know if um, Miami's going to have the firepower that they did last year to take advantage of Milwaukee. Because when you lose to a team like that, it usually doesn't happen again, right? You're usually more prepared for it the next yeah. time around. They were more prepared for them in the regular season with Butler or without Butler. Um, I think they're going to win the series. Rumor has it Budenholzer could be on his way out if they don't at least have a good showing in the Eastern Conference Finals. So they're expecting, at worst, a good showing in the Eastern Conference Finals for for Boots to take uh, to keep his job, which is a little alarming. Yeah, honestly, I think I don't necessarily think that Budenholzer should get fired, but I think if they lose to Miami again this year, he's going to get canned. I don't even think that that's a question. I think that he's he's been on the hot seat all season long for whatever reason, even though you know the team finished with 45 wins, 46 wins, I should say. But yeah. you know, I I like that. Um, I've got Milwaukee winning the series too. You know, Milwaukee's going to be hungry. They got too good of a team. Giannis re-upped his contract because he wants to bring a winner to Milwaukee. And they are so close. And that Drew Holiday signing has made them even closer than last year. And they lost a tough series last year to Miami, who had so much momentum in the bubble. Miami's been so up and down this season. I think I feel like it's it's very difficult to bank on them, you know, pulling off a playoffs like they did last year again. Uh, with you know the injuries that they did and even the some of the inconsistent play that they've gotten, uh, I think Milwaukee's going to take advantage of it. And I think and I can't see Milwaukee not winning the series. And and a potential Milwaukee versus Brooklyn second round would be awesome. That would be that would be sick. That would be fantastic. That's that's like that's like NBA Finals level in the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Yeah, let's pull up that comment Kyle Russo just uh, posted. We need we need to talk about that. This is the most important series of Giannis's career. Wow. I don't know why I did not see that as it came up. I think you just posted it right now. But um, anyway, that comment is 110% accurate. He just got paid. You have to have a good showing in these playoffs to be considered the superstar that he is to this caliber. We're talking about how well they match up against Brooklyn. This Their big three only played just seven games together this year. 
you really think they're going to be there for a seven-game series? That concerns me a little bit, where I think Giannis could take advantage of their front court in Jordan and Blake Griffin. However, Bam Adebayo is what caused Giannis problems last year in the playoffs. So that's why I think he made that comment as a Miami Heat fan, and he's he's right. He's 100% right. You know, I, I, I don't agree with Kyle often, but this time I do. I, I like that a lot too, Kyle. I think that that's a, you hit it right on the nose. That's good. Ray, after re-upping his contract, if he were to get picked off by Miami again, you really start to wonder, is he ever going to win anything in Milwaukee? Is Milwaukee ever going to be able to put themselves over the edge with Giannis? And is he really just wasting his MVP years uh, not playing for, uh, you know, a a real contender? You know, you, you would have really thought that if they were to lose, this is a – probably the most important because if they lose this series um Giannis might be kicking himself that he signed that extension before the season he might have wanted to test free agency and you know get a big contract with a team that's more ready to be a champion you know that's that's the way the NBA is headed I can I love that Giannis wanted to stay with Milwaukee um and you know either build a winner there or don't build a winner at all but uh you know he's a perennial MVP and the and his playoff woes are you know, riding on this Miami series. This was a tough matchup for Miami. They obviously would have loved to have either Atlanta or the Knicks. Uh, even as a diehard Knicks fan, I think Milwaukee would have rolled over the Knicks or or Atlanta with whichever one uh, they got if they got the three versus six. But they ended up getting Miami, which was is the best chance that they're going to get upset. So it's going to be interesting. And with no media blowing up the Bucks this year, they were able to fly under the radar and should use that to advantage. I agree. I like that. I love that comment. Actually, He's I right. do too. I, I think I think that's so true because yeah. um, they, they no one's really paid any attention to them. I I really and because you know you got the Brooklyn Nets who you know have all the star power. They've taken up all the headlines in the East. I think the Sixers have flown with the radar too. You know they ended up getting the one seed. No one still cares. Embiid is going to finish probably number two in the MVP voting, and no one really cares. Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone's focused on the Brooklyn Nets. Everyone wants to see what Harden, Kyrie, and KD are going to do in the finals. No one really – in the playoffs, no one really cares about Milwaukee or, you know, the Cinderella teams the like market. the Knicks. The, what'd you say? The market. It's, the not, market. it's not a strong market, Milwaukee, it, Wisconsin. That's exactly it. It's true. It's, you know, it's difficult. No one's really – no one's – the only – only reason why people focus on it even a little bit is because of Giannis and no one really focuses on the team, even though they have a stud team. You know, if you, if you take Milwaukee's entire team, put it in New York, that's the only, that's the only team in the entire league that anybody's talking about, you know, besides like the Brooklyn Nets maybe, but that's, it's a good point. So I, I like that a lot. Milwaukee versus Miami is going to be a fun series. Tom, it was a pleasure having you on for the East. Um, any more, anything else you, uh, you want to add? Um, I really hope PJ Tucker, this acquisition was worth it. Cause I'm still scratching my head over it. But other than that, I wanted to thank you so much for having me on talking some Milwaukee bucks and some Eastern conference matchups, looking forward to this playoffs and hopefully your New York Knicks can get a first round victory. I know I'm rooting for them as well. So first time in a long time. So go box, go Knicks. Thank you very much, Paul. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tom. That was Tom Scavetta of review and preview. Uh, of course, as we all know, um, Milwaukee versus Miami is going to be an interesting series. So now jumping from the Eastern Conference, which Tom helped us out with, we're going to go into the Western Conference real quick and go over some of these series. Uh, first, the play-in, we got the Lakers versus Warriors, uh, which is probably the most enticing play-in of the four play-in games by far. Uh, Wednesday at 10, and... Got review and preview. Nixon six. We better believe it. You better believe it. Lakers versus Warriors is probably the most enticing. It's going to be fun to see Curry versus LeBron uh, and AD. You know, we we wonder how healthy LeBron and AD are going to be. Lakers ended up finishing forty two and thirty, one five in a row to end the year. Though, you know, they they were even worse than that. So, um. Le- LeBron versus Steph is going to be must watch. LeBron led the le- led scoring for the Lakers in only 45 of 72 games. Anthony Davis played in, only, in exactly half of the games this year in 36 of 72. 
So Dennis Schroeder kind of like carried the load as D- Davis and LeBron were out. Uh, he, he ended up averaging 15.2 points, 5.8 assists in a good year in his walk year too. So he's going to get some big money this offseason, Dennis Schroeder. Somebody's going to see, going to pay him upwards towards 20 mil a year probably to be their starting point guard. And then the Warriors were 39-33. Steph obviously won the scoring title. He's the oldest player since Michael Jordan to win the scoring title. Uh, him and Michael Jordan, the only two players to win the scoring title after their 33rd birthday. So that was very interesting. He averaged 32 points, 5.8 assists, 5.5 rebounds. If the Warriors were a higher seed, he'd be a much more legitimate case for winning his third MVP, his third MVP award. So this is going to be an interesting matchup. I personally uh, have the Lakers in this winning this game. I think they're going to earn the seventh seed and take on Phoenix in the first round, who has the two seed. Uh, but it, it's it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. And then the next play in. We got number nine Memphis versus number 10 San Antonio, which is Wednesday at 7.30 before the Lakers versus Warriors game. This game is in Memphis, obviously, since they're the higher seed. The winner of this game plays the loser of seven versus eight for the eight seed, obviously. So um, the loser goes home. Grizzlies were 38 and 34. The Grizzlies had a shot of being the eight seed, but lost to the Warriors in the final game of the season. Had they won that game, they would have been the eight seed and took on the Lakers in the first round. Uh, and you know had the advantage of being an eight seed, and if there was no play in, that would have been an even more intense matchup because would have been a team eliminated or a team winning. But John Morant had a great sophomore season. Uh, Dylan Brooks had a tremendous year, broke out seventeen point two points. Jonas Valanciunas is a guy that nobody talks about who had a career year this year: seventeen point one points, twelve point five rebounds. He had an unbelievable season this year as the big man for Memphis. They locked him up to a long term deal. He uh, is turning into a player. Jaron Jackson Jr. came back, um, and the Spurs. You know, they finished well under 500. They finished five games behind the Grizzlies, even though there's only a few spots. So there's a big fall off between the top nine in the West and the bottom six. You know, New Orleans was down there and stuff too. But DeRozan led them in scoring with 21.6 points. DeJounte Murray finally stayed healthy and showed his potential, played in 67 of the 72 games this year. An average 15.7 points, 7.1 rebounds, 5.4 assists, filled up the stat sheet pretty well. Uh, Keldon Johnson had a good sophomore season, but I think Memphis is going to win this game, and I don't even think it's going to be close. I think it might be a blowout. Memphis is too overpowering for San Antonio. I don't see Jakob Pertl being able to contain uh, Valanciunas. DeJounte Murray is a great defender, so I could see um, John possibly having a little bit of a rough night in in an important game. Um. Memphis all day with Morant and Jonas and Allen surprising shooting. Well, I absolutely agree. I think that, um, you know, they've all been huge additions. So those are, those are going to be interesting ones to look at. Uh, and you know, if men, so the, as a, as I have it, if the Lakers win, they'll be taken on Phoenix as the two seed. If Memphis wins this game, they will take on golden state for the eight seed. And then, and my prediction is golden state would beat Memphis for the eight seed. Um, even though it might be close, it might be close, you know, the more, the more that I look at it, but I'm going to, I'd roll with golden state just because they, they have so much, so much experience in the playoffs. They know how to win big games. So that would mean that golden state gets the eight seed and they would play Utah in the first round. Uh, that's my, that's, you know, my prediction that Memphis and San Antonio go home. We'll see how that goes. The and for the Suns who are the two seed, this is their, as I said before, this is their first playoffs since 2010, which is the longest drought in this year's playoffs, the longest drought in the NBA currently, um, is the Sacramento Kings who, uh, who haven't made it since 2003. I, I believe I believe Sacramento Kings or the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, they both haven't made it in a long time. So be interesting, be very interesting to see. Uh, so the, those are going to be the play-ins. And now we're going to jump into the two set matchups for the first round. Number the first game, first matchup is going to be the number four seeded Clippers versus the number five seeded Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Clippers ended up 47 and 25 this year. Ka- Kawhi and Paul George, had great seasons once again. Both are going to be all defensive. I think going to be NBA all defensive teams. I also think that at least one of them will be on an all NBA team. They both were fantastic this season. And uh, the Clippers, you know, they have depth. 
got Reggie Jackson, you know, you got Marcus Morris, you got a bunch of pieces to Marcus Cousins too. People forget about that they signed him midseason. So it's, I think the Clippers are deep, and Dallas has been so inconsistent this year. Started off the season nine and fourteen, ended up finally p- figuring out Luca. Obviously, is a stud. Average twenty seven point seven points, eight point six assists, eight rebounds. Uh, Porzingis played in only forty three games, but averaged twenty points and nine rebounds. But I think the Clippers are going to take care of business in this series. I think that this uh, is kind of like unevenly matched. Uh, the Clippers ended up finishing five games better than the Mavericks, even though they're one seat apart from each other. Um, Mavericks going to be a little overpowered in this series. Uh, and Tom's back. I think Clippers win this one. I, I completely agree. I think the Clippers are going to win this one. It's going to be it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see you know how it all plays out, but. I really think the Clippers are going to take care of business in this series. And now for the series that besides the Knicks series, the series that I might be most excited for Denver versus Portland three versus six in the West. Uh, This is, this is going to be an interesting matchup. The Nuggets are coming off a Western conference finals appearance in the bubble last year. Uh, where they got picked off by the Lakers, obviously, who ended up winning the championship. They finished 47-25 this year. Uh, Nikola Jokic is most likely going to win MVP. He's averaged 26.4 points, 10.8 rebounds, 8.3 assists. 8.3 assists as a seven-footer. Does everybody remember that? And um, they're obviously without Jamal Murray, which is going to be a huge loss. He tore his ACL. He's gone. But Michael Porter Jr. has had an amazing third season. He's had, and a lot of people, it's gone kind of unnoticed, averaging 19 points, 7.3 rebounds, 1.1 assists. And a lot of people thought that he'd be this kind of player and injuries in college really drove him to end up being a mid, a mid first round pick. Had he played a ton in college, I think that he would have ended up going top five. Um, he would have most definitely gone top five in 2018, but he's had an amazing year. And I think, um, I think that, uh, he might be the X factor for Denver. I really do. I think that they that's going to be an interesting one to look out for. And then you got Portland on the other hand too, who is coming off of a ton, and I mean a ton of nonstop playoff upsets. They made it to the Western Conference Finals a couple of years ago. That's the furthest they've ever made it. They haven't been able to get over the hump with Damian Lillard yet. Lillard had arguably the best year of his career this year. He's going to be an MVP candidate. He's probably not going to win it, but he's going to be, he might be in the top three voting. He averaged 28.8 points, 7.5 assists, 4.2 rebounds. Um, McCollum's going to be healthy. Carmelo, Enos Cantor, Robert Covington, and Norman Powell give them great veteran depth. Uh, I th- it's going to be very interesting, but I'm going to go. I, I think Portland's going to win this series. I do. I think that Denver... Had a great had a great uh, run in the bubble last year. Had a great season this season, but without Jamal Murray, it's going to be tough with somebody for somebody to match up with Damian Lillard. I think that Portland is a different Portland team, and Terry Stotts is on the hot seat. I think if Terry if they lose this series, even though they're not projected to probably win this series since they're you know the sixth seed against the three, um, he might be gone too. He's another guy on the hot seat. So this is going to be. They're going to be playing out of their minds. I think Portland is hungry and they're ready to uh, to finally make it to the finals and you know try to try to upset. And the West is pretty wide open this year. You know, dude, depending on how healthy LeBron and Anthony Davis are, you know, and they have to play in the play-in too. You don't you can't forget about that. But this the West is pretty wide open this year. It's very interesting, and unlike the East, where I think. It's it's going to be either the Bucks, Sixers, or Nets that make it to the finals. It's those three teams, and you know you kind of have the the five other teams are just kind of you know like duking it out and stuff. But those three teams kind of run away with it. But the West, there's so many different options that could that could make it. You know, I think the Clippers have a legit shot of you know winning. The beating Dallas and then possibly then they'd match up with Utah if the Utah wins the one versus eight they could pick off Utah in the second round you know there's there's a lot of interesting things that could happen in the West I think it's going to be really weird and we might find a team that we did not expect to make it to the NBA Finals come out of the West so I'm really interested to see it especially if the Lakers aren't back to full force and you know kind of throw an L at this season and get ready for next year. 
I think it's going to be interesting, but I'm rolling with Portland this year um, for this series. Uh, Tom likes Portland here as well. Blazers eight and two past 10 and Nurkic is playing well and Blazers bench is deep. Just, uh, just the point I was alluding to um, completely agree. Uh, he does have Portland getting upset in six though, but um, yeah, I think that uh, I'm going to roll with Portland. I think it's going to be close. It's going to be in six or seven games. Uh, it's going to come right down to the end. Denver and Portland. This is going to be obviously the Knicks and Hawks are going to be the one series I'm keeping my biggest eye on as a diehard Knicks fan. But this is the other series that I'm most excited for besides uh, besides that in the first round, Denver versus Portland, because I think this could this could go either way, and it's going to be. It's going to be one of those series where you, you might even see another Damian Lillard buzzer beater. You know, I don't know if I'm calling it right now. You guys can, you know, today's day is May 17th. Did Paul Lombardi call it? We'll find out, you know, in a week or something. If Damian Lillard hits a game, another game winner in the playoffs, uh, be interesting to see. But, you know, that's that's where I stand on all of it. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for tonight's episode. I want to thank everyone who tuned into the Review and Preview Network to watch another episode of the 3 and D and to all those listening via podcast, YouTube, etc. We can also, you can also follow me on Twitter where I'm very active at, at P underscore smooth underscore three. You can also follow my blog where I have full NBA draft coverage, as well as a variety of NBA MLB and NFL pieces at the sports world, according to paul.wordpress.com. Uh, I hope everyone enjoys their, the rest of their week. Uh, gets ready for some great NBA playoff basketball to play in throughout this week. And the, the playoff starts this upcoming weekend. It's going to, it's a great time, everybody. So I hope everybody enjoys it and uh, stay tuned for more updates and brand new episodes coming every Monday at seven o'clock. Have a great night, everyone.